the Telog deal, again, it's a hardware business, right? They bought Telog in 2015, and we've seen them try to take that portfolio and gear it more towards this more software and service-based strategy. So they've certainly built up some of the data management and data analytics capabilities around those devices. I am Reese Tisdall, and this is Future of Water, in which we talk about all the ways which companies, utilities, and people are addressing the challenges and opportunities in water. This is episode 86, and I know it's going to be a good one. Why is that? Well, because I'm joined today by Bluefield Research's Eric Bindler, Senior Research Director, to discuss Badger's recent acquisition of Trimble's Telog business. And truth be told, uh, this is an interesting one. We've been watching strategies of these two companies unfold before our eyes over the last two to three years. And quite honestly, where they stand is even clearer now. So I've asked Eric to shed some light on the recent transaction, where these companies are heading. Then also, what else can we expect going forward for these companies, but also in the digital water market uh, in relation to what, they're, what they've been up to? So uh, this is going to be a good uh, discussion with Eric. But before we do that, as I'm now doing these days, I thought I'd share some news that caught my attention this past week. Uh, so let's get to it. So Spanish water company Aqualia has acquired a controlling stake in the company Municipal District Services. Um, so to start, Aqualia is owned by FCC, 51% by FCC, that is, uh, and Spanish engineering company and group. Uh, and another 49% of, of Aquali is owned by Australian funds manager IFM investors. Uh, MDS, on the other hand, uh, it's based in Katy, Texas, and manages water services for more than, I'd say, 360,000 people, mainly in the, on the outskirts or in the outskirts of Houston, Texas. MDS is also reported to have approximately 140 service agreements with uh, municipal utility districts in Texas. You know, so essentially they are an O&M services provider, sort of, you know, offering a range of, uh, of services to these smaller systems. So why Bluefield do we care? Well, for one, we've known that Aquali has been on the hunt for some form of platform in the U.S. market. The firm has explored partnerships, uh, with other engineering firms, they've also been looking at O&M service providers. Uh, so it sounds like they've now at least sort of gotten a toehold in the U.S. And you know, to my second point, Texas is one of the hottest markets, if not the hottest, when it comes to operations and maintenance uh, and M&A for water utilities. It's you know, it's a favor- favorable market. Um, we've seen a lot of activity more recently and actually talked about it on this podcast from Inframark, uh, H2O Innovation, but we've also seen some activity uh, with NW Natural as well, which uh, is more of an IOU um, in the market. So the combination of the fragmentation of the market, uh, a number of municipal utility districts, which is where MDS is focused, as well as the policy landscape have made it really attractive. It's also interesting, you know, market entry into the U.S., let alone any other country or market, is is a challenge in and of itself. You, you know, demonstrating capabilities, financial wherewithal, and understanding the local complexities takes a lot of time and experience. Uh, so it's really important um, and not always, I guess, it's important to have a foothold in the market, which is seemingly what Aquali has been looking for. 
um, whether it's a big one or a small one, you got to start somewhere um, is someone from one of the IOUs told me a while back when it came to M&A. Sometimes you just got to jump into the pool head first and figure it out. Uh, and if you do it well, uh, more business will follow. Equality is a global company. It has diversified positions in water from engineering services. It's got utility ownership and concessions around the world. In fact, not all that long ago on this podcast, once again, I discussed their recent buyout of uh, the French company SARS uh, utility positions in Colombia. So watching what Equality is up to is interesting. Sentimentally, um, this deal, uh, just when I think about Equality and the Spanish EPCs, but Equality or FCC in particular, it brings me back to July 2013, which is the month that actually of Bluefield's founding when Japanese trading house Mitsui acquired a 49% stake in the Czech Republic water system from Aqualia. Uh, times have changed for FCC and the debt-laden Spanish engineering firms like FCC, Axiona, Federal, uh, ACS, you know, after the recession, they took a little time for uh, them to recover and they seem to have done so uh, in a number of different ways. And now today they're once again, spreading their wings. So I don't want to uh, be a hyperbolic when it comes to that, but they're definitely uh, made great strides over the last decade. Let me put it that way. So we look forward to seeing really how this plays out and what Aqualia uh, continues to do. Will there be more M&A? Will there be partnerships with US-based firms? Uh, or how will they grow organically within the Texas market when it comes to O&M? It's very uh, regionally focused. And there's been a lot of interest in that segment, whether it be from existing players, expanding their portfolios, and from our getting into SCADA system integrators. They've been buying up companies. That's a good example. Also, a number of them are owned by private equity firms that are looking to scale their portfolios as well. Ultimately, that may be an opportunity for Aqualia to... Uh, add to its uh, list of systems and clients. So look forward to that. Pretty exciting news uh, for us here at Bluefield. And uh, with that being said, that's my news of the day. So let's get to Eric and uh, hear what he has to say about the the, uh, Badger and Trimble deal. All right. So joined here by Eric Bindler. Eric, happy new year. You're actually the first recorded podcast of 2024. All right. It's an honor. Well, there you go. You can tell your family all about it. So <laughs> look, so the reason we were talking earlier, maybe even in the last week about sort of podcast ideas, and it seems like we're off to somewhat of a fast start. Uh, Badger has just acquired Trimble's Telog business. And so obviously you're senior research director, but also um, for everybody who doesn't know, Eric is first and foremost uh, leading our digital water service. And these two companies and their water activities really fall into that space. So let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, these two companies. So Eric, what's the story behind the transaction? What are some of the details? And then we can go go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So not a ton of details kind of disclosed as yet. So just to start with kind of what's in the press release, essentially on January 3rd. So, you know, again, very early in the year, we got the news that Badger had acquired essentially the Telog business from Trimble. And so that's a portfolio that Trimble's had for about seven or eight years now. I think they made that acquisition in uh, in 2015, but it's essentially it's remote monitoring technology, right? So they've got kind of data logger RTU, 
uh, devices to collect data from from sensors out in the field and transmit that data back. They do also have some sensor, you know, equipment in there as well. They have some flow meters and and pressure monitors and things like that. But essentially, bought that that hardware that that equipment business as well as some of the the software that went along with it. Like I mentioned, not not a ton yet. There are certainly no financials were disclosed or anything along those lines. Although, um, you know, both Badger and Trimble are publicly traded companies. We'll certainly be keeping an eye out for whether anything else is kind of revealed in their next round of um, of quarterly uh, earnings calls and, and reports and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. The reason we were or are excited about this one, we worked with Trimble and Badger uh, and continue to do so. But what's interesting is that you know, as we look back in in retrospect, it seems like their strategies have been unfolding for some time now. Like they, the the signals have been made. They've either been making announcements, and there have been some deals along the way. Why don't we start with Badger? Can we talk a little bit about Badger and how much its business has changed? Their strategy has sort of pivoted a little bit in a different direction. Um, any any insights you can provide on that would be awesome. Yeah. So, you know, maybe just with a bit of introduction, a little bit of background. So Badger is um, about a fi- about a half a billion dollar business, right? So they made about $566 million in, in revenues in 2022. About 85% of that comes from water utility sales. And so that's really, um, you know, mainly they're a metering company, as the name suggests, right? Badger Meter, they they are a metering company. Uh, so that's, that's water meters. It's kind of AMI infrastructure and endpoints and radios and things like that. The other 15% or so of their business is flow instrumentation. So they make flow meters um, primarily primarily for industrial applications. And so that's, you know, definitely part of their business as well. I think a lot of what we talk about, a lot of what what they've been focusing on is investing in that that utility market. Um, but you know, can't forget about the flow instrumentation piece of it as well. In terms of kind of where they've been going and what their strategy has been, um, they've been really interesting to watch, you know, frankly, over the past couple of years. I mean, we, you know, when we go through our digital MA data, they they have been uh, acquisitive. They've they've kind of been moving in a couple of different directions over the past maybe decade or, or so, decade and a half. And a lot of what they've done, a lot of their their really interesting um strategic shifts have been driven by or at least underpinned by by MA activity right and so the first kind of wave or, or one key set of this um was back as early as you know 2013 uh they bought a company called AquaQ, um another company called dflow in 2017 and this was really a, a a kind of a signal that they were transforming their metering portfolio right so they really went from um a, a focus on mechanical meters and and other types of um you know, communications technology really moving towards cellular AMI, right? They've really been kind of a major player in in cellular-based AMI uh, networks as opposed to, you know, kind of more proprietary AMI technologies that somebody like a Census or an ITRON would, would offer. So they were really one of the, the, the leaders or the pioneers in that field. Um, also moving very, you know, early on into static meters, right? This is, and, you know, again, we've had conversations on the pod about kind of the metering landscape, but um, you know, static meters being kind of a newer generation of metering technology. They don't have any moving parts, and so they're typically more accurate. They, they, um, they stay. You know, they, they they don't need as much maintenance. They don't wear down over time the way that a mechanical meter does. So, you know, another big kind of metering product innovation. And then they've been building out certainly their kind of metering software and analytics capabilities over over that time as well. So that was the first thrust, right? Really, as as a metering company. Um, 
you know, marking maybe a bit of a new strategy within the metering space, but still very much within that space. They also made a bunch of acquisitions in the mid 2010s, buying up primarily distributors, right? So a, a handful of kind of regional um, distribution partners across the US, National Meter and Automation, United Utilities Inc., Carolina Meter and Supply, uh, and then innovative metering solutions. And again, really firmly within that meter market, just getting some more channels to market, um, getting some more sales capabilities and things like that to continue to push their their metering products. It was really around 2020 that we started to see this very distinct shift towards expanding their portfolio out of the metering space and into other aspects of the digital water market. And so really what, you know, kind of see that see them moving upstream into the distribution network they're they're moving into different types of network monitoring and iot hardware as well as as kind of software accompanying that so they bought scan and in 2020 and ati in 2021 these are both water quality monitoring companies they bought serenix in 2023 which is a pressure monitoring company and then now the kind of the telog portfolio so the like i said the data logger the rtu some of those other sensor capabilities all of these are they're all hardware companies. I think this is a really important point that we'll come back to. And it was actually called out in the press release of, of this Telog um, and Badger deal. They're basically hardware-enabled software, right? So they're, they're, they're hardware companies that have these interesting kind of software data analytics capabilities. But moving from that core space at the at the customer, at the point of consumption, up into the distribution network to, to kind of provide more data, more insights into network conditions and operations and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's that sort of horizontal shift that I think has really gotten us excited. I mean, I don't want to take any way, anything away from buying, you know, distributors and such. That makes sense just to, from a from a sales strategy, channels to market or expanding the channels. But this is really interesting. Part of it is, you know, it's the software piece of the equation or the data analytics, better way to put it. That's interesting. That kind of does piggyback on what they do but also into the network, like you said. So, so Badger Meter has gone in that direction. Then on the other side of the equation is Trimble. And Trimble, obviously, they've in selling off Telog, that in and of itself kind of gives an indication of what's happening. But there's been more happening in the past, at least historically. What's the story with Trimble and what is the signal about what they're up to? Yeah, so again, just to start with a bit of background, so Trimble is about a $3.7 billion company in uh, in terms of their 2022 revenues, much more diversified. So they serve a wide range of end markets. They have a, a significant buildings and infrastructure segment where they do all kinds of kind of engineering, design, construction, BIM type software. They do a lot in the agriculture space. They do a lot in terms of fleet management and telematics for, you know, for vehicles. And then, you know, I think their 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 roots in a lot of ways were in kind of the geospatial uh, business. So they do like surveying equipment and mapping equipment and positioning equipment and that kind of thing. So Definitely also kind of a hardware and equipment background, but but really, I mean, as as we look at, you know, a lot of their, you know, their financial results, their their kind of communications to to the market, their investor presentations and things like that, they have very much been moving in the direction of software, right? Like moving away from hardware. They they they've got a bunch of exhibits in their their latest investor day presentation showing how they've kind of moved towards they're now at about a 55% to 45% split between like software services versus hardware, 
you know, their hard, their uh, software and services revenues have grown at about a 20% compound annual growth rate over the past 10 years versus only 8% for hardware. So really very much, very intentionally moving away from hardware and moving towards different types of, um, uh, especially like cloud-based and software as a service-based platforms and kind of, you know, ecosystems for the the different types of end markets that they they cover, right? So construction, transportation, agriculture, really trying to provide that uh, that that kind of common software platform, common data environment uh, for, for different types of markets. So that's been the broader strategy in terms of where they sit within water or what their position has been in water. The Telog deal, again, it's a hardware business, right? They bought Telog in 2015. And we've seen them try to take that portfolio and gear it more towards this more software and service-based strategy. So they've certainly built up some of the data management and data analytics capabilities around those devices. They actually launched a remote monitoring as a service offering in 2020, where they were taking essentially the Telog devices. It was kind of a subscription-based bundle that would include you know, the RTUs or the data loggers, the sensors, uh, equipment services, the software, and they were basically selling that as uh, instead of a kind of, you know, capital investment, uh, utilities buying that equipment, they were they were kind of offering it as, as a, you know, similar to a software as a service or a data as a service, that type of a model. Um, so they've they've tried to move in that direction, but it's still fundamentally a hardware business, right? It's 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 devices, it's monitoring devices, it's it's kind of communications devices. And this that market is becoming increasingly crowded, increasingly competitive. It's becoming harder to differentiate. There's a lot of different sensor vendors out there serving water and adjacent markets. There's a lot of different platforms where you can use that data, visualize that data. You know, you can pull it into your GIS, you can pull it into your hydraulic model, you can pull it into your SCADA system. And so it's it's a lot harder to really carve out uh, kind of a niche or a, a, a way to differentiate those capabilities. And I think that's that's maybe part of the logic or the rationale here. Meanwhile, you know, in, in terms of the other thread or the other direction that, that Trimble's been going, the other kind of businesses that they've bought over the years related to water, you know, they bought a company called Spatient Technologies in 2006 that was kind of mobile workforce management software for utilities. LET Systems in 2010 was event and incident management software for utilities. Um, eBuilder in, in 2018, which is kind of construction and capital projects management, not specifically for water, but they do have some water customers. You know, they've worked with WSSC in, in, um, in Maryland. But really the big one, I think, you know, uh, a deal that we covered quite a bit when it happened and and um, and have been paying close attention to was, was CityWorks, right? They bought uh, the company's called Azteca Systems, you know, uh, kind of the product name is, is CityWorks. Um, essentially an asset management or, or CMMS, you know, kind of work order management platform that, you know, very, very popular in the U.S. water industry. Um, you know, it's also used for like uh, public works departments for parks and things like that. But essentially it's, you know, it's, a, it's an asset management platform. It's a place where utilities can keep track of, you know, the, the, the work and the maintenance history of their, of their assets. It's heavily tied into GIS, so kind of keeping track of where those assets are, but also, you know, what needs to be done. You know, which what valves need to be need to be turned. Uh, you know, which hydrants need to be inspected. Where where do pipes need to be fixed? And kind of that that history of of really just the the life cycle of of utilities buried assets. And so that's really kind of you know stepping back to think about this deal. You know, it makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, Trimble has has always had a, a a pretty significant presence in kind of the 
the engineering, the design, the kind of construction management software side of things. And, and CityWorks give them, gives them this asset management kind of moving from, if you're thinking about the life cycle of an asset, they had the early stages covered, right? The construction, the design, um, or I should say the design, the engineering, the construction. CityWorks really gives them a, a significant set of tools for the actual operations and maintenance of those assets after they've already been been built, right? And so moving away from kind of the the monitoring side of it and and more towards and and the hardware side of it and and moving towards the that software suite for for really kind of managing assets through their entire life cycle for a range of industries including water but again also you know electric utilities local governments public works departments and things like that yeah and so and then at the same time i mean as you mentioned i mean and this kind of seemingly makes sense for Badger as well, right? They are fundamentally a hardware company. They're metering business in flow control business. I mean, that's what they do. And so adding this, what they're doing is sort of expanding their scope and like you said, into the network from just sort of the metering um, for the municipal side of the equation. So we're not surprised by this in, in many respects. Like, oh, well that makes it, we've kind of, like you said, you mentioned CityWorks, we saw Trimble heading in that direction through the CityWorks deal. Um, this, if anything, sort of just solidifies maybe what we've been seeing or thinking for some time. But I guess the question is, I mean, you mentioned this about, you know, competition and what's happening in the market, why Trimble would be doing this. So you alluded to this, but the $64 million question is, you know, what is the signal for the market? I guess really, who or which companies should be taking notice of this, whether it be for you know on the Trimble side or on the on the Badger side of the deal? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know certainly for for both sets of kind of direct competitors, right? So on the, for Badger on the metering front, they're they're certainly not the only metering company that has kind of made similar moves like I said, upstream into the distribution or, or collection network, right? So and actually, you know we put out a report. Last year on the global metering landscape, you know, did some kind of deep dives into competitive trends. And that was one of the big ones that, that we've been looking at um, in terms of where major global water metering players are kind of investing and positioning and, and, and strategic moves that they're making. But, you know, just to name a couple other examples, Camstrip has embedded some acoustic leak detection sensors in their meters, you know, so kind of adding that that capability in terms of network management. Um, you know, Census has some embedded pressure and temperature capabilities uh, within their meters. Mueller, of course, has made some past acquisitions in related areas like Ecologix for leak detection or I2O for pressure monitoring. So, you know, Badger is certainly not alone in this regard, although arguably they're they're one of the more maybe aggressive in terms of making acquisitions to build out the suite of, 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 of products. And certainly now having not just sensors, but also that that kind of core data logger and RTU portfolio, right? These are basically sensor agnostic devices that can that can connect and transmit data from a range of sensors and a range of, of, of third-party companies. So really opens up what they're able to do, the types of data that they're able to kind of collect and process and, and manage and, you know, integrate all of that to give utilities a better idea of what's just what's happening in their networks, right? Kind of looking at the hydraulics, the pressure, the quality, the flow, getting all of that together really gives a, a, a much better idea of what's actually happening in those underground pipe networks, right? That's kind of the the point of all of this. So certainly, certainly Badger's core competitors, I think, will be taking note. But I think also, I mean, Badger is a really interesting example, kind of a poster child for a like an incumbent water uh, infrastructure or equipment supplier that's 
been successful in in moving into the digital water space and kind of becoming a, a more of a digital water market leader. You know, this is they're more than a hundred year old company, right? They were founded in in 1905, and so certainly they've they've been around for for some time in the water space, but um, you know they have kind of the valuations of of a tech firm, right? They've seen about 550% growth in their stock price over the last decade, about 80% of that even just in the last year. So they're they're really kind of become these stock market darlings within the sense of the the water market and the digital water market. And and you know, certainly, I mean we we've we've talked to other players, other kind of incumbent pipe companies or pump companies or valve companies that see them as as almost a, an inspiration or, or maybe even kind of a something someone to be jealous of in terms of how they've been able to make this shift and and start to be kind of perceived by the market as much more of a of kind of a digital player and analytics player instead of just you know a, a kind of a water equipment supplier right and so that's that's really interesting i'm sure that uh, many in the market will continue to watch them from that perspective as well from the tremble side of the equation um I think this just maybe clarifies their position in the asset management market. They're really doubling down in this space, right? And and again, by you know those were kind of the two key threads of their water business, and by getting rid of one of them, it obviously gives a signal that the kind of asset management, well, really the asset lifecycle management, like I said, you know, from you know uh, from design and engineering and architecture and permitting and 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 all of that through to construction management and and program management up until up until you know asset kind of operations and, and maintenance having that full suite of solutions puts them into competition with quite a number of players that that are also big names in in the market both in the water sector but also in other industries so that could be you know your kind of your bentleys your autodesks your esries um there's a number of other really big asset management and kind of enterprise asset management uh, companies that that are active in water in one way or another. So that's, you know, Infor, IBM, Oracle, SAP, these, you know, obviously big names, big tech companies that, you know, even people outside of water are very well aware of. So definitely expect Trimble to continue to kind of butt heads with these players. And then even some of the, the smaller kind of asset management CMMS types of companies that that would traditionally compete with with CityWorks specifically, they've got some pretty big backers, right? So Cartograph is another big player that competes a lot with CityWorks. They were acquired by OpenGov, which has backing from Cox Enterprises, right? So, you know, big name there. Uh, a company called Brightly, which was formerly known as Dude Solutions, was, was bought last year by Siemens. Rockwell has uh, something called Fix, uh, which is kind of a CMMS provider. So there's actually quite a, a number of of big names, really interesting tech players that are active in this space in one way or another. Again, not not necessarily all as deeply embedded in the water industry, you know, and 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 kind of serving a wide range of industries in terms of asset management and construction management and all that. But but definitely a really interesting market with a lot of names, a lot of big names, a lot of of capital to kind of throw around to to try to build up a position and, and continue to grow. So with all of, especially, you know, as we talk about in the US and, and other other markets, right? Infrastructure funding, there's a lot of, of construction happening, right? A lot of infrastructure being built out, a lot of new assets to be, uh, to be built and managed and maintained. And so, uh, you know, definitely some significant opportunity in, in, in kind of adding that uh, digital capability and, and, and analytics capabilities to, to that work. Yeah, and I mean, to emphasize, I mean, you, I think you, definitely touched upon this like badger is really more closer to being a pure play water player whereas trimble is is more diversified but yeah i think that there are definite uh 
tailwinds, right? You know, even for metering, I mean, that's a big part of actually the capital spend uh, in the digital water space as a whole. So, I mean, if anything, you know, Badger starting from seemingly a strong base. And so this is just additive, these solutions to what they're doing. Um, and it, Trimble is just sort of, they've obviously found their area of focus, at least as far as solutions go, but yet across multiple industries and uh, just more diversified. No, I think this is super interesting, really like this you know, it's not often that we get good M&A transactions that kind of show sort of horizontal shifts across, you know, the value chain or in other product areas. And so really like this one, I admittedly look forward to hearing or reading what the financials turn out to be. Uh, I think that'll hopefully come in time, if not um, through the financial reports, maybe even anecdotally. So I look forward to hearing that and, and also just finding out what the, what the market's reaction is to it. But I mean, it's also early in the year. So, I mean, we are, you know, in the first week, week and a half of the, of the new year, 2024. So, you know, this is a, is somewhat of a big deal. So have there been any other deals? I think in a couple of meetings we've had over the past week, you've mentioned a couple, couple, what other deals have you seen that are worth uh, worth mentioning while I've while I've got your ear? Yeah, I mean, it's been actually a pretty interesting first, you know, call it. So today's the eleventh, so call it, you know, week and a half of of uh, of twenty twenty four, and especially just given, you know, if you've listened to anything on, you know, if you've listened to our podcast or or if you're a client, you've seen our research, right? I mean, you know, water sector M and A was not very strong last year, especially in the digital water market. The VC space was a bit mixed as well. You know, for anybody that wasn't a cybersecurity company, there, there was, you know, it's been really tough to, to get funding, right, in the digital water space. And so to see not just this deal, but also um, another kind of interesting MA deal, basically, uh, this was announced um, in the past few days as well. ABB acquired Realtek, um, Realtek being a water quality monitoring company, kind of competitive with SCAN as well as, you know, Hawk, for example serving, you know, a, a range of municipal and industrial applications um, bought by ABB right there, a big name in the SCADA world. They do kind of variable speed drives and motors and, and things like that for water, wastewater pumps. Another, I mean, again, a, a big diversified industrial player that would compete with the likes of Schneider, Rockwell, Seaman, some of these other names that we've already mentioned. But ABB's not been as engaged in kind of the digital water market as as some of those other peers, right? And so this is kind of interesting to see them buy like a pure play water monitoring company. It's it's a bit unique. It's a bit new as far as their their positioning and their strategy goes. So I mean, Realtek is not certainly not a big company, but it'll be interesting to see does this mark potentially more of a you know kind of an intentional, dedicated, strategic focus on on water and on expanding water capabilities for ABB. So we'll certainly be watching that one moving forward. The other one that was interesting and, and you know great to see was 120 Water received a $43 million growth equity investment from Edison Partners. Um, I think I think it was the beginning of this week, if if not end of last week. Um, this puts them at about $60 million in total funding, which is really right up there among the the top of digital water companies in terms of VC and early stage funding that we've tracked. You know, again, there's a if you're talking about cybersecurity companies that serve water in a range of other industries, you know, those companies are making, you know, they're pulling in a, a lot of capital right now. But as far as kind of the water peer play or digital water peer play uh, companies that we track and startups that we track, I'd say 120 Water is now at the upper echelons of kind of funding received to date. So 
it's not surprising. I mean, they really have carved out a strong niche in the lead service line management space. You know, utilities are facing utilities across the U.S. at least are facing a deadline of October of this year to kind of inventory and submit submit data on their their lead service line. You know, their their service line materials, right, lead and and others, and and really kind of set their plans for how they're going to replace and remediate that throughout their communities. And there's really a big emphasis on digital there, right? And so 120 Water provides kind of an easy platform for 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 collecting that data, for kind of submitting that those records for compliance. They've also done a really good job of tapping kind of the low end of the scale. You know, again, this is something we talk about quite a bit, um, the the vast kind of untapped potential for digital water solutions in the, you know, very small to small to mid-sized utility category in the U.S., you know, rural utilities that really have very little financial and technical capacity to uh, adopt data and, and digital tools and things like that. 120 Water has really made it a point to go after that market and to partner with state rural water associations and state finance departments and environmental departments and, and kind of bundle together these these um these these deals and these kind of portfolios of clients um you know just with basic tools to to basically do that to to manage their lead service line kind of uh program compliance and 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 their records so again not surprising to see them succeeding in this environment um when many others are are having trouble raising capital but yeah just a really I'd say quite a quite a bang to start the year and and you know hopefully it's a sign of things to come I mean we've been talking about with uh, you know, interest rates potentially starting to moderate, or at least with with investors getting maybe comfortable with with where things stand from a financial perspective. You know, hopefully starting to see M and A uh, deal flow tick back up and VC uh, activity start to tick back up again. And you know, this is certainly a good positive sign to kind of kick the year off with. Yeah, I mean, the, the one twenty deal is really exciting. I mean, talk about tailwinds. Um, you know, and I think, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, even we looked at them like, oh, what's going to happen with lead? Is there going to be, is the, is the momentum in the market fading? Uh, pandemic came along and it got a little quiet. And we talked about infrastructure week every week for the better part of four years. Um, nothing seemed to happen. Then the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act came along and a big chunk of funding going to lead service line replacement really spark that market it was like you know really huge but they're in the sweet spot right all these systems or networks or markets need to be inventoried and that's really what they do so uh they certainly have got their hands full as far as work uh one would think so agree with you uh 100 on that well Man, this is a lot to uh, lot to unpack, Eric. Uh, super interesting, um, as as I oftentimes do. You know, before I let you go, what's what's on your agenda? Yeah, so the team has been busy. Um, not everyone took as much time as I did over the holidays, so kind of came back with a couple of reports to to try to review and get out the door. So we've got a food and beverage report for uh, you know water water wastewater management in the food and beverage kind of industrial vertical so that's that's a really exciting one that's going to kind of cap off the series that we were working on last year looking at a handful of 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 key industrial verticals you know semiconductors pulp and paper chemical manufacturing so food and bev is going to be kind of the eighth and final installment there looking forward to getting that one out the door Another colleague has been working on kind of competitive analysis of eight key Japanese trading companies that have made a number of investments in, you know, desal plants and treatment plants and utility solutions and that kind of thing. So looking at that 
you know, more of a competitive analysis and strategic analysis of those players. And then I think the next one is going to be digital water private equities, right? So we're talking quite a bit as we have about, uh, you know, investment trends and, and acquisition trends in the digital water space. We've been doing kind of a deep dive into uh, about 25 to 30 leading private equity players and the positions they've built out within digital. So a lot of really interesting stuff, you know, kind of jumping from topic to topic every every couple minutes and or every every couple hours as I go through my day. But um, yeah, really looking forward to getting all that research out and, and uh, jumping into kind of, uh, I guess the last piece I'll mention is just updating our forecast is going to be a big priority for the next couple months is going through our industrial water service, our municipal water service, our digital water service, and kind of uh, figuring out what all of these changes mean as far as top line spending and, and uh, investment. So much more to come on that as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, to your point about M&A, uh, like private equity, you mentioned that, but we've been talking about M&A for the better part of the half hour. So um, it also, we're excited to see how 2024 unfolds when it comes to investment investments and M&A as a whole, like cost of capital has been really expensive over the past year. There's been a lot of uncertainty. Um, the tech sector has been getting banged up, so banged up a little bit. Um, whether that's impacting sort of digital players or not, um, you know, in 2023, it was still like kind of a weird year uh, when it comes to geopolitical, financial or economic um, uncertainty. Um, our expectations were that, you know, going into 2024, things would would pick up. Um, inflation has already been declining in many respects interest rates there they seem to be flattening out if not will ultimately come down soon enough um that's our hope and then maybe that'll unlock uh more deal flow so uh the one thing i which i was going to segue into anyway and in, in my uh outro as i would say and that is you're also going to be in portland oregon in about a month for umc right you're speaking at uh you're on a panel with xylem i believe Yep. Yeah. So we did a, a white paper with Xylem about maybe beginning to middle of last year called the Ripple Effect, uh, which was looking at kind of the digital transformation strategies of a, of a number of major utilities, some, some in the US, but also global, um, really trying to kind of suss out some practical tips, right? How do you actually tackle these challenges of you know, getting your staff on board with digital transformation or getting your, you know, your, your customers, your board, right, your, your kind of elected officials on board with digital transformation, how do you kind of come up with a plan and, and, uh, and, and figure out those investments, you know, not kind of reinvent the wheel or try try to take on everything at once, but, uh, but go piece, piece by piece. And so it's been really interesting exercise, really, really good paper, definitely recommend checking that one out. Um, and I'll be speaking with a colleague from Xylem on kind of some of the, the key findings and takeaways there. Yeah, I think you can actually find that, uh, the Ripple Effect, I think at least a link to, or maybe even the versions on our website. So if you go to our white paper page where we've got a number of different white papers, which I think are all complimentary courtesy of, of the companies and clients we worked with on them. So, um, but if you want to hear Eric speak about it, go to UMC in Portland next month, he'll be there. Absolutely. Yeah. So Eric, uh, once again, happy new year. Thanks for jumping on. You're going to be also be in Boston next week. You're in Chicago, typically, for those not in the know. Uh, he'll be in Boston next week uh, to catch up on some strategic planning and other fun things. So uh, so next time I, maybe I'll see you tomorrow and we'll talk, but I'll see you next week. How about that? We'll leave it at that.
Yeah, assuming uh, no major snowstorms and assuming that my plane doesn't fall apart like they tend to be doing lately, then I will I will see you next week. Oh, man, that's terrible. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, safe travels then. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks, Reese. All right. That was fantastic having Eric join. Uh, definitely a font of knowledge, particularly when it comes to digital water and companies and what's happening, but on all fronts water. So, um, so thanks again to him. And, uh, as he mentioned, he's going to be in Portland in a couple of weeks, but we, we are, is the company wide. We're going to be in a number of different events. We're going to be at, uh, the corporate water industry update, which is in Austin, Texas, 20th of February. I will be there. Um, we will also be at world water tech innovation summit in London on the 20th and 21st of February. I will be at the, the PVC Pipe Association. Uh, Unibel will be uh, at their uh, executive annual meeting. Uh, that will be in Costa Rica in February. So uh, that's good time of year to be there. Excited, uh, given that I'm coming from Boston. And then lastly, um, a little further out, but uh, and we are setting meetings up all around these events. Um, we will be in Denver, Colorado. And from the 11th to 14th of March, if not longer, but we will be at the Water Reuse Symposium. So uh, if you're going to be there, keep an eye out for us. Um, look forward to seeing you then. It's the beginning of the year. So before we sign off, if you're in Boston or in Barcelona, let us know. We'd enjoy the opportunity for a meeting. We do it all the time. We do it increasingly. So come have a coffee with us or we can just go out to lunch. Or if you come later in the day, maybe we'll go get a drink after uh, everybody's dry January. Please subscribe to Future Water Podcast and give us a review. Thirdly, send us a note to waterexperts at bluefieldresearch.com with any topic ideas you'd like us to discuss. Uh, we're doing this for you. And lastly, tell a friend about it. I'm all about friends. That's what makes me happy. This podcast and these water industry insights have been brought to you by the one and only Bluefield Research. To learn more about us, visit us at bluefieldresearch.com. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and take care. <laughs>